1: That's Chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: 18 plus.
0: Welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for the Villa View podcast. I'm not calling it the pod anymore because I don't like it. And a few people complained last week, even though all the branding says the pod. I'm going to call it the Villa View podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by Omar Dolan's ended up working late. So he sent his apologies for the evening. But the two of us will try and get by without his enthusiasm and smiley face. Remember, this podcast is sponsored by Luke Roper. And you can get 20% off at Luke 1977 if you use the code TVV. 20 at checkout that'll get you 20% off i have a nightmare with these codes i just cannot get them right to save my life even though it's on the screen omar how are you stopping your kid from going to bed by the looks of things recording in the bunk bedroom i'm in i'm in
1: the bunk bedroom yes uh i've got a frozen duvet behind me um yeah kids are in my bed Uh, i've been in a work networking night out so uh kids are kids have slept in our in our bed so uh i've been given the small room it's fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for the pod, mate. I'm ready for the pod. Don't call it the pod. I've just said oh, I'm not I'm calling call it, it that I'm just, anymore. I'm, I'm going to call it the pod, mate. I don't care.
0: Okay, we need some, We need some nah, I, don't, so. I
1: don't. I don't. I never liked it. To be honest. I never liked the pod. The name. No. Of. No. we think of some. Well, when we get some uh, comments on YouTube, think get some uh, get some
0: new name ideas. Uh, yeah. for the podcast,
1: or are we gonna, yeah. just going to stick to the podcast and keep
0: it? I, in? I mean, the Villaview podcast works for me. If i being completely honest, that's how that's how it used to be. If you ain't broke, don't fix it. But Bites has tried to be clever. And I don't think it's gone down too well. So, yeah. He's not he's not happy with that, is he? No, Just he's not. I can see him. I can see him yeah. on the screen. Not happy at all. Let's go then. Let's get into the podcast. And we'll start by having a very brief Chelsea chat because you weren't on the post match point. So, I haven't got your thoughts on the game. So, let, let's assess the Chelsea game briefly. I wouldn't say I'm like massively upset by, it, but he's it, still a little bit annoying by the fact that we played really well and lost 3 0 because it does make the game look a lot more comfortable than it was. Yeah. Um, so oh, he can comment, that. but he can't come on the podcast. But he can I comment.
1: I just saw his comment. That's maybe made laugh up the pod. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. Uh, no, um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I did what I normally do, and, and I watched the game back. So um, I couldn't go to the Chelsea game. I was at our wedding. Um, although my mate who next to me was a villa fan, so we both had it on Sky Go while the uh, it was a quiz on, so we were watching it at the same time as the quiz.
0: And strange wedding, yeah,
1: it was good. It was, I was, yeah, it was, I wasn't sure about it, but it worked really well, actually. Um, but any, anyway, enough of the quiz.
0: Um, what was the quiz on? I'm no, sorry, what was the quiz was on? Then? I presume it was on the couple, I presume.
1: No, it wasn't at all. No, it was, it was like just a, a general pub. knowledge it quiz. Like a, it was like a pub quiz that had like the picture round Uh, wow. had to get so well, there was. That so is the niche. Picture, so it was Mark and Abby um, who were getting married and every picture was linked to something to do with them, like their first name or the surname or their nickname. Uh, so, for example, Mark Twain was one of the pictures. Uh, Abby Road was one of the pictures. So okay. there was a link there. Then the other other, other rounds were sort of
0: typical rounds,
1: but it actually worked really well. Um, any any
0: squad numbers round? No, no, mate. No, no. No. I, would,
1: I, would, I would have been straight on the phone. I would probably yeah. have disqualified, but I would have been straight on the phone. Find a friend.
0: I'll let you get friend. back to the Chelsea chat. <laughs> is that what we're, are we... Doing? Yeah, oh, yeah, as Villa. Well. Oh, Villa, Aston Villa. Yeah, that's what we're here for.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I watched the game back and just so impressed with that first 48 minutes. Um, just, you know, this is Chelsea, European champions, a team that does not give up chances at all. So solid. They're built on, on their defence, aren't they? And we yeah. were so good. We... I mean, it's a difficult one because it's, either, you know, Dean Smith's formation and his tactics were spot on. I do think Saul, who was playing for Chelsea, obviously had an absolute shocker. That helped us massively because Jacob Ramsey and McGinn just terrorised him and were fantastic. Uh, and a lot of our chances were created by, as you said, on the pod, with pre- pressing high and winning the ball high up the pitch, uh, which is something we've all wanted to see, which we saw early part of last season and we haven't really seen Uh, since the turn of the year and and we created so many chances and we looked so good and just that clinical touch we were missing Uh, I suppose if you are critical we we should be putting away some of those chances Uh, and that is the difference between a top six, top four side and and sort of a middle of the road side Um, so we do need to get better on that front defensively questions definitely Um, and it wasn't like we were being run through in midfield it was just individual mistakes so I think, firstly, you know, um, Kovacic does really well with their first goal. He obviously... It's uh, a sweeping ball. Sweeping ball. And he breaks through the midfield really well. And it's a good ball. But still, even then, you know, Konza's sort of... I, I, first, I thought Konza was out of position and, and he should have done better. But then I understand, you know, they're trying to push high up the pitch. So maybe he got a little caught out. Then Twanzobi, you know, it's a difficult one against Lukaku, 100 million pound striker. You're going to... You, know, you are going to try and block that, that shot first off. But he sort of... He tries to block it without going down, but ends up sort of sliding across mm. and getting done. Sold himself, it didn't he? Sold himself a little bit too much. And, and you know, so you can see Cons's face. He was he was annoyed with Tuanzevi, but it's one of those. It, get, it can happen to any defender uh, in in the heat of the moment. The second one's obviously the key one. Um, when even the first three minutes, I thought we started fairly well. We had a, you know, a corner, we were attacking. It was very much of the same. I know they made the change with Jorginho coming on. But even then we still looked really good uh for those first few minutes. And then that second goal changes everything. And then after that, uh, you know, they tried to you know try to switch formations, try to change the way that we played, it didn't really work. We still, you know, we still we're still attacking, we are still getting in their mm. in their box, we are still trying to make things happen, but it did knock the stuffing out of us. And you know, what I take away from that game is is the potential. And yeah. we've we've said it from the start, you know, the this team, the players are there you know it's 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 like an it's like the ingredients that we need are all there. It just needs them all to go into that pot and be cooked into a, a delicious meal if you like and yeah. that, I think that will that will take time um because yeah i expect us i've said this before I expect this to be up and down for the next few months whilst we get a handle on what the right formation is, what the right type of you know how players interacting with each other getting to know each other playing together it will come, and I expect us to then push on. Uh, maybe December, January times onwards, maybe it'd be the opposite of last year. Um, yeah, but but you know, there there is no doubt pressure on Villa because we started so well last season. We've you know, we signed big players, fans expect us to be performing well, and we haven't got as many points as we should have done, uh, really. But but there's mitigating still,
0: circumstances for that, yeah, isn't exactly. there? There's been yeah, a lot exactly. going on,
1: exactly. You know, the first game, you know, we're playing Ashley Young and Ghazi in the wing, Watkins is missing. You know, we've had Troy just just come back from injury, Bailey just come in. You know, and then the Brentford game, we're missing five six players. Uh, you know, it's it's a yeah, I know they're excuses, but they're valid excuses, I think. And then the Chelsea game, it's just one of those games. And and Chelsea, you know, they're 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 going to be challenging for the title and may even win it. Uh, and all they, you know, all they all they were on the day were clinical and and they put their bodies on the line as well. You know, Tiago Silva. And Mendy were fantastic for them, were probably their two best players. Lukaku yeah, he could, hardly yeah. had, had what 20 touches, 21 touches in the game, and he scored two goals.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just, you know, what can you say? You we have got to be more clinical. That's the only uh, criticism I have. And and the defensive mistakes, it happens, you know, it, it can happen. And and Tyra Mings has made there's been a lot made of Tyrone uh in terms of his mistakes and all that kind of stuff on Twitter. And to be honest, I've taken a back seat on it. I just I cannot be bothered with the debates, you, you know, I, I, the, the nuanced debate, it just isn't for Twitter, you know, everyone's yeah. either oh, Tyrone Mings is the most amazing thing in the world, um, and it doesn't matter, he makes mistakes, or he's the worst player in the world, he's terrible, he's not even a championship player, you know, that, that's basically the two ends of the spectrum, and that's what you see on Twitter, and I just cannot be asked for that.
0: No, I mean, as I said in the in the show after the game, Tyra Mings will hold his hand up. He did hold his hands up and, and say, look, I made a mistake. won't be the, the last mistake he makes. He's made mistakes like that before. But yeah. if you can't see what he offers this team, then I'll I worry for you watching football, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. But from what you've said, you know, I think a few weeks down the line, if Watkins has those chances, he probably takes one. You know, that was his first start of the season. So it's been a while since he, since he started a game. He's getting his sharpness up. On another day, we don't make those mistakes. Yes, we've got tough games coming up, some really, really tough games. But I think if we were to play most of those teams and play like that, I would be pretty convinced that usually we would take something. So I don't think all all is lost. Yes, results haven't been what we've wanted them to be across the first four games, and it is a tough run now. But there's plenty to like about this Aston Villa side, and I'm enthusiastic going into this run of fixtures because quite often teams do win games that you don't expect them to. So there's every chance that Aston Villa will do the same. We'll come on to it, but obviously we're getting somewhere near a fully fit squad now, which is something we haven't had players available we haven't had every player available going going into this season so far so that's going to be a big thing for us so yeah i'm looking forward to it we'll come on to the to the everton game shortly just a couple of other bits of news before we get on to the match preview section of the podcast and a few people message me about the players entrance and the new fencing that, that's around the ground that's blocking now fans from being able to interact with the players before the games mm-hmm. get autographs get selfies through the fence Few people upset by that. Spoke to someone at the club and it is 100% COVID related. Absolutely nothing the club can do about it at all. So yeah, it is what it is. This is the modern world that we're living in. It's horrible, but there's nothing the club can do. So yeah, a shame though, because you know it's a big part of some fans' days and getting the young fans meeting their heroes is a a big thing, Omar. And it's sad that in the modern age that we're living in with stupid, shitty COVID, that's not going to be able to happen for the foreseeable. Yeah,
1: it is a big shame. And I mean, I'm... I'm just grateful we can go to games. Yeah, and that's that. true. That uh, I think I think that's where we've got to focus on the positives. I think you know it's been a, it's been a crap eighteen months or so, um, and you know I think the fact if if we t- with, with with these types of things, I think the more uh, safety measures we can take that ensures that we can enjoy the actual main part of the game which is going to away games yeah. going to home games interacting with our mates and our family members whatever being there singing being together I think if, as long as we can do that, that, that that's all that matters and this these things are nice to have and, and obviously adds a lot to the game and especially for kids I think you know I remember going to games and meeting the players and that kind of stuff it's a massive thing but it's a, hopefully it's just a temporary thing and it means we can then push on and hopefully get back to normality at some stage but you know I think what we've seen with with COVID and football and how it's been affected. We've just got to, it's one of the things we've got to take safety measures uh, where they can. And if it reduces it, I, I don't know what the data suggests, if it will reduce it or not, then it is what it is and we get on with it. But as long as we can go to the games, that's the main thing.
0: Yeah. I don't think he's watching Boris Johnson, but don't you dare Boris. I know what you might be thinking with winter coming up. Don't you dare. I need Villa Park in my life. And so do many other people as well. Mm. Aston Villa women. Carried on their unbeaten start to the season, Omar. A late point salvaged at West Ham, Remy Allen on the score sheet again. And I watched a fair bit of that game. I've got to say Remy Allen shades of John McGinn. Yeah. Excellent in 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 the midfield and a, and a late goal, always augers well. Og as well. Yeah. Aug as well. I don't know which one is right. One of them's okay. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she's just so
1: much energy, added so much to our to our team. Um, obviously, former uh, former captain of Leicester City, I think it was. Um, uh, and obviously scored against them last time as well. Um, but, yeah, re- just really impressive. And there's been a lot of upheaval, upheaval in the women's team, obviously a new, new coaching team as well, uh, but, but highly thought of coaching team uh, from what I've read. Um, but, you know, we, we, we look like a, a serious outfit, you know, uh, and it's going to be difficult. You know, the, the the gap between what I've noticed with the women's football, the gap between the division below and, and the top league is massive, you know, compared to the Championship and Premier League, for example, and the, and the men's side that gap is massive. So if you do get promoted, it's a really massive task to even stay in the league. So the fact that we stayed in the league last season is is massive. And hopefully we can now push on with obviously the signings we've made as well. Uh, I'm really impressed with, is it Pacheco? Man's Pacheco? Down the left. Uh, Yeah, down the left. uh, I think he's got two or three Megs in that game we're watching. We talk about Megs on our You love a Megs. You love a Megs. We do have hashtag Megs watch on our pod, but just really impressive, really skillful, uh, really attacking good intent as well so I'm quite I'm quite looking forward to watching the, the women's team I want to try and go to a, a, a few games as well this season try to yeah, I'll with you. as well yeah no, that'd be great I think I yeah. really want to get involved and I think you know Villa in a in a really good position obviously the owners and Persler has been at games as well you know they they really want to push the women's game the women's team and, and invest in that as well and with you know I think compared to the Premier League which is obviously a closed shop almost the women's is completely different if you if you try and Uh, push on spend money invest in the team build the right coaching team then you can do really well in the league and become a a top team and obviously it's not the same clout as the men's men's league at this present time but still it's a it's a massive growing part of football now
0: uh, and it's only going to get bigger yeah, it does feel a, seem a lot, a lot more switched on last last season in the second half of the season. It all felt a little bit scattergun, like a few yeah. mistakes have been made in the transfer market, perhaps bought in some people that they shouldn't have done. It all, it all seems a, a little bit more switched on now and a bit more astute. So that, that's good to see the first mm. couple of games of the season. There we go. Four mm. points from two games. Grabbing that late that equaliser, I think that that's a good sign. So yeah, well done to, the, to to the women for what they did at the weekend and what they've done so far. Back to the Aston Villa men's team. Then let's preview the Everton game. I watched Everton on Monday, a little bit of a scouting mission. And the first half, I was thinking, yeah, mm. right, good. These look like they can be guy. There's something to be had on Saturday. And then in the second half, they looked very good. And I thought, ooh, could be a potential, but not banana skin. You know, I mean, this game is going to be a bit tougher than I thought it was going to be. They've had, they've had a good start, haven't they? Everton, some some good signings. I mean, they spent fifty million on Awoya. The they bought all kinds of attacking players in for silly money over the last three or four seasons, and then it turns out they're actually getting Andros Townsend on a free transfer and Damari Gray for around £1.5 Is
1: What you need to do? Yeah, very astute uh, business. You know, I, I thought I thought it was a recipe for disaster, to be honest, with Everton with Benitez, Benitez. In there. When the fact we're with McCleish, when the fans are not on board. Yeah. it's just it's just it's just difficult for it to ever work. And I'm not saying it's going to work. Obviously, they've had a good start. You, you don't know what the long term future is going to be or, or the pattern's going to be and how well they're going to do. But you know, so far so good for them. They're, they're unbeaten, I think, in five games. Uh, Damari Gray's absolute bargain. I wish I had him in my fancy team to be honest. He's one in my i I've put him in now. I've played my wildcard, so he's in. No, so he's not going to. Hopefully, that means he's not going to do anything. Uh, but just really impressive, you know. Andy, Andres Townsend is one of those players, he's hit and miss and he he, go, he, he plays in patches, you know. When two, he, when he hits it,
0: when he hits it, is bloody he,
1: hell. He does, yeah. But they, I think, you know, they've obviously spent loads of money, you know, ever, ever since <coughs> spent, I, I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about this last year, but they're, the amount of players they've, they've, they've signed for 20 plus million, you know, I think it's like 18 players or 14 players. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, crazy amount of money that they've spent and it hasn't really worked. So the fact that they've, as you say, spent, uh You know, some got some bargain buys in, and they're doing well. It is it, massive for them. Obviously, Rafa Benitez is a top manager. There's no question of that. He'll make them tough to beat. He, he works so much on the formation, on tactics. It's a big part of his game. He, he adjusts the team game by game. He adjusts his taxes game by game. He's that kind of manager. Whereas I think we saw with Dina last year, he likes. It's a, almost like a philosophy manager, where he has a philosophy the way he wants to play, and, he, and that sort of that's all that matters. We saw a little change to that post-COVID last year and, and sort of creeping in last year uh, with, with Dino in terms of changing formations and tinkering with players, but not too much compared to Rafa, who, who does like to you know, does like to keep him solid, but does adjust for different teams. So I'll be interested to see how, how they're set up because they, they played last time, they played a three four three against
0: Burnley. Yeah, they changed it, didn't uh, they? When they, they yeah. Well, he was going to change it, then they scored to equalise, and he still changed it, which I liked. I think that's a sign yeah. of a strong manager.
1: Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I wonder how we, how we'll go. Would we do the three, five, two again? Uh, will we match them up? Will we play three, four, three with Bailey Watkins and Ings? Um, I think Jacob Ramsey was so good against Chelsea. So impressed with him. It's a shame, obviously, that he had to go off. It was a bit harsh, but understandable.
0: Carrier booking, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it'd be harsh to drop him um, for this game. So i be interested to see how we match up, but yeah, I think you know they're they're missing Dominic Cal- Calvert-Lewin, which is obviously a massive miss for them. Who's injured? Uh, Rodriguez isn't back, I don't think. But I think the rest of the team will pretty, pretty much be be the same as as the one that maybe finished the game against Burnley. Um, But Richarlison, I think, is 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 the danger man for me because I think he does so much work for them off off the ball that he sort of sets the tempo for them.
0: He's not a so typical we, Brazilian striker, is a forward. He's not. He's not. The way he works, no, he's no. not.
1: No, no, he's not. And, but I think he's, he's still got massive ability as well. But I, I think you know we can keep Richarlison quiet and and get in in amongst Decor and Aland. And I think you know we've got a chance. And you know I'm you know we've talked a little bit already about the, the Chelsea game, but I'm I'm still really excited about this team and this squad. I think again, I think we've got the right ingredients. We've got the right type of players. Yes, maybe missing a midfielder, but then I think McGinn and Louise have started the season so well. I've been so impressed with both of them in terms of their fitness, in terms of their energy they 're passing everything really they 've been fantastic, and now Jacob Ramsey obviously has now stepped up a notch as well mm. uh, and every, and we know the attacking talent we 've got. We know on our day our defense, our back five is can be impeccable so've we've got, we 've got the right mix there i just I just hope this is the game where it just all comes together and and you know we, we see off Everton team obviously we remember the two 0 Everton win in our first season back yeah. and how amazing that was and this is obviously an evening game it would be great to have that kind of
0: atmosphere that kind of feeling again yeah it'll be rocking Villa Park on, on a Saturday at time. there's absolutely no doubt about that we touched on it, but great to pretty much have a, have a fully fit squad to choose from. Trezeguet and Davies are obviously long-term absentees, and I think we're waiting for news on Chuck Wemeca and the days. But yeah, we've got options now. Whichever 11 he picks, there's players to pull off the bench. I mean, Greg said in our, in our podcast, he doesn't call... Yeah. He doesn't call... Dean Smith doesn't call. his substitutes, substitutes. He calls them finishers. So he's got a starting yeah. team, and then he's got his finishers as well. So... He keeps everyone involved, but to just have options and players to bring on, that's a massive step from last season because you've never really felt there was anything to change if the game wasn't going to plan. Yeah,
1: 100%. 100%. I mean, if you think of last season, the, what was missing from us was the ability to influence the game from the bench and and being able to play without Jack. Those are the two things that we were missing. And if you look at the, look at the game on Saturday, it might, it, assuming we play the same or similar team with Martinez coming in for, for Steer, we're going to have Bailey, Buendia, Traore, uh, Treore, Alghazi on the bench to come and influence the game. That's massive. Yeah. That is that is massive. And then, you know, if we are losing or we are drawing and we need to win a game, you know, what? That, there's some great players there to come on and influence the game. We already saw Leon Bailey, you know, he had a, a little cameo uh, against Watford and a little cameo against um, Chelsea. And, and you can see the type of player he is. I think he's going to be fantastic once you give him a bit of time. Buendia, I think, I read that Buendia Martinez are coming back actually the morning of the game. Yeah, that's
0: far from ideal. I didn't realise yeah. that until today. So
1: I didn't, that's going to be a difficult one. So I'll, we'll see how they are. I think Martinez will play. I think Buendia will be on the bench. Uh, but I, I think Traore as well. I think, um, you know, he's sort of gone under the, under the radar a little bit uh, with Buendia and Bailey coming in. And El Ghazi obviously starting the season off okay. But Traore has looked on, on on another level to me in terms of his performance levels and consistency. Uh, but that's always going to gonna
0: happen, isn't it? Second, second yeah. season, more settled. Full preseason yeah. b- behind him at the, at the club exactly. now. I know he's had injuries, but you know he looked bright when he came on against Watford. Actually, the subs were the best players in in, in that game. The, the players that came on, and then he looked. He had a, you know a nice little shot against Chelsea. That was a nice little cameo as well. You're trial as a player with some ability, and he was he was a starter every week pretty much last season. So like we're saying, to have someone hit like him, a bit of a maverick to bring on, that's a massive step. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think. Um... You know,
1: you're right. Completely right. When you have when you have squad depth, you have competition. That just brings levels up. You know, you have you have some players that, um, if if there is competition, or a player comes in their position, they go the other way, uh, and they they might, you know, they, they might get moody, might have an attitude. But I think the players that we've got are just going to try and compete. And, and you know, you've already seen El Ghazi last year a little bit, and I think you might see a little bit this year, whether he's yeah, good enough long term. I'm not too sure, but I think someone like Traore, second season, like you just said, I, th- I really think he might come into his own this season. Uh, whether it's off the bench or in odd games, I do think we'll change it up a little bit more this year and be a bit more flexible in our formation and personnel. But I, I can see him having a good season. I can I can see him influencing games. And more importantly, you know, last year, he, you know, his stats were good in terms of assistant goals, but he was inconsistent in terms of his general performance. A bit like Al Ghazi is, you know, he scores important goals, but then his general play can be inconsistent. I expect, and I, I think we'll see Troy's levels go up in terms of his actual contribution to to the game, in terms of just the general play, linking up play, keeping hold of the ball, making things happen. I think we've already seen that a little bit, um, and I think we'll see a lot more of it.
0: Yeah. Back on to Everton then, obviously no Calvert-Lewin is a boost, but I will say that they wouldn't have scored three goals in a game last season without Calvert-Lewin. So you can see the improvement the Rafa's already made there. You know, the fact that they did score three against Burnley, who can be tough to break down, coming from behind as well. So all positive signs for Everton. I'm mainly worried about their midfield, Gary Neville and Carragher spoke a little bit about Decore on Monday Night Football. You know, he's a fantastic player, but perhaps was not utilised in the right way last season under Ancelotti. Mm -hmm. He was played more as a a deep-lying defensive midfielder when he really is, you know, he is a box-to-box player. Players with fantastic energy, got fantastic athleticism, really, really quick. So far this season... You know, he's popping up in the opposition box all the time and, and wreaking havoc in there. He was very good again on Monday night against Burnley. He's the kind of player in midfield that I feel that Villa have struggled against, you know, when there's a, a bit of a physical player in there. that That's there, the games last season, that I felt Villa struggled in a little bit. They're going to have to curtail him because I, I actually think he's their key man. I know you said about and I, yeah. I, I think Decore is their key man and kind of goes a little bit under the radar so far this season. Yeah, I, I
1: think that's fair. I think that's fair. He's obviously started the season really well. Um along with Gray. I've probably been the two standout players, I think. Um, I do, I'm do. i hoping that Jacob Ramsey is the one um, because he seems to me, he seems just, he would be stronger, quicker, bigger. You know, he, he seems he seems probably the most physical out of all the midfielders that we've got. Yeah, he likes um, to mix that, it now. He likes to mix it. And, you know, you saw you saw him against Chelsea. You've seen him a few times now. Against Watford, especially, I thought, because Watford were a very physical midfield. they had. And we struggled big time in that in that first half. And Ramsey came on and changed it. And and I think he's going to be key against DeCore if he does play. Because I think you're right, Decore, it, you know, he, he where he did well for Watford was breaking late into the box, scoring goals, uh, making things happen, making a new nuisance of himself in the box. And I think Alain allows him to do that because obviously Alan Alain just sits there and and shields the defense. Yeah, he's a champions league level player, Alan. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think they're I also think their fullbacks as well, Everton's fullbacks, you know, Lucas Dini and Coleman, uh, a bit like how we played that first half, with, I thought Cash and Target were brilliant, um, yeah. going up and down. But you know they they rely a lot on their fullbacks for their energy to go up and down, and, and almost create space for Townsend and Gray to pick pockets up in and out outside the box uh, to make things happen. So yeah, I I, I think I think Decoro will be. I think it's going to be a difficult game. I, do, I really think you know Everton obviously in good form. Um, we are not in good form, but I just fancy us. I just fancy Saturday night villa crowd it's going to be rocking we, we the signs are there against chelsea um and i just think it's going to come together if it if it doesn't doesn't come together then it's going to be difficult you know it's going to be difficult it's going to be what four points from five games or five points from five games depending on what ha- what happens and pressure does begin to build then you know i'm i'm not Dean Smith out at all, a complete opposite, actually. I think I think the, the talk that's been out there is farcical, to be honest. But it's, it's completely false as well, by the way. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah of course, of course it is. You know, I, I don't think these owners, you know, they they you all you have to do is just just listen to the interviews that we've had this season with Tyra Mings, especially talking about, you know, how ideally we'd love to be in Europe and challenge for Europe, but they're realistic that they've lost their best player and the talisman, and we're, we're having to rebuild a little bit more. And I hate saying it's a transitional season. it's not a transitional season we we, you know, we still need to progress, but you know we're still we, we, we're, st- we're still finding our you know finding our way almost with these new players, uh, and yeah. it may take a little bit of time. so you know as long as we can continue to push on finish where we were last season, maybe a little bit higher, then I think that's all you can ask for. and I think that's probably all the owners want, to be honest. I think they're pretty realistic about where we are at. Um, in terms of as a club and what we're pushing them for, they're not looking for overnight success. They're looking for sustainable success. Um, and 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 someone who promotes youth as well, I think that's key. We've seen that already, and, and Dino does that massively. You know, who's to say if they're bringing a new manager? I've seen you know Conte, I've seen other things. You know, will they bring in the youth? Will they do what Dino does? I don't know. But that's not to say though, if you know if you continue to lose games and continue to do well, you know, I think these owners are will pull the trigger they're not they're not they're ruthless enough to do that they're not going to stick by Dino just because he's a Villa fan but I think that that talk is very early on very very premature and I think you know I said from the beginning it's going to be up and down we just need to stick with them if if the results don't turn we're still struggling in January February time then albeit you know that that's when you you think about a change or you think about what needs to what needs to happen to improve us but for now you know four games in i I saw someone saying, oh, you know, the four, last season, four games in, we had won four games. It's not progress. We haven't done well this season. I said, it's a completely different situation, completely different environment. You've got, you've got to judge at the end of the season or at least halfway through the season. Yeah. You know, that, that that's when you maybe begin to judge. I think anything earlier than that is just pointless. Yeah. It was
0: a classless piece of journalism. I don't know why I'm even giving you the time of day. And as I said, I've spoken yeah. to people at the <laughs> club, absolutely, completely false. No truth in it whatsoever. So Yeah. I just don't get it at all. Someone that's improved you year on, year out. Why would you, why would you have any complaints? The season's a bit more in flux, I think, Omar, than we maybe thought it would have been at some stage. But, yep. you know, that, that's the way it is. That's the way the, the land lies. And I think we'll improve. I think we'll get better as the season goes on. I think it will be the opposite of last season. As we've said, we didn't end last season particularly well, the second half of the season. But I think the second half of the season will be a lot better, albeit we may have a more shakier first half of the season than we perhaps anticipated. Back to the midfield, then, because our Decorah and Alan, I said that's a strong suit in Everton's armour. Mm. There, you would say we probably have to play three central midfielders, wouldn't you? So, what formation does that leave us playing, in your opinion?
1: I think um probably similar to what we did against Chelsea. To be honest, I don't. You see think we'll play three at the back again? Eat. I think we'll. I think we might match them up. Yeah, I think we might play three five two. Um, I think it worked really well. It did. You um, did. I, and, I, I, and I think it suits uh, some of our players, especially. I think we look better with three in midfield, and, and it's weird to say because I've been talking about how we'll end up playing four four two. But I think in certain games, I, th- I think we'll be flexible. I think D- Dina will change it up depending on the game. I don't think it's going to be like last season where we were just sort like a rigid four two three one or four three three. I think it will change it up. I think I think he'll match them up because Everton are in good form. they have done well, um, and they, they probably will play again a three four three. And that midfield is key. I, I think I think we'll match him up. I've got a feeling. My only concern, I suppose, is a question to you was, I did think Danny Ings was very quiet against Chelsea. Uh, it wasn't really in the game. I thought Watkins was impressive, albeit his finishing wasn't there. But just, you know, he, he just looked sharp and he, and, he, and he looked energetic as he always does and he put himself about a bit. I thought that would work really well for Danny Ings. I thought he would he would feed off the scraps, link up play, drop deep. But he didn't really seem to do that. He of sort of out of the game, mm. What do you think, what do you think about that partnership developing, um,
0: in this type of three five two formation, or do you think it has to be a four four two? I think it was to to I think it was just a one a one off game for Danny Ings. I mean the, the chances didn't fall to him. They felt fell to Watkins. Fell to Watkins, sorry. You, you notice Watkins a bit more just because of the nature of the way he plays the game, the pressing he forces mistakes from, from defences. The chances fell to Watkins last week. There's nothing to say that it won't be the chances falling to, to Ings this week. I mean, when things dropped as well from set pieces, it was like to Mings, it was to Constant, you know, every one of those chances falls to Danny Ings. It ends up in the in the back of the the net. I think it was just a just an off game. He couldn't get himself involved. You're not going to play well every single week, but you know before that had three goal contributions in three games. I thought when Watkins came on against Brentford, Ings and Watkins looked bright as a pair. We looked a lot better when those two were on the pitch together. This will be a different game. This will be this will be a, not, I'm not saying an easier game, but you know you you'd expect a game against Everton at home to be less tough than a game against Chelsea. If we play like we did against Chelsea, Ings will get chances. We'll make things happen we will we'll win yeah. the game if we play like that it's, it's just getting that consistency it's, it's, and getting that rhythm because they haven't played enough together
1: yeah he's got and he's got a good record against everton yeah. as well um i think for memory and um you know i think you're right i'm not i'm not saying don't play them together i'm just saying how do we make it work and you know he's been fantastic i think yeah you know, to have three goal contributions already straight away that that's why we signed takes him the he, he takes the pressure off takes the pressure he, off the reason why we spent 25, 30 million on a 29 year old is because we needed an immediate impact. We didn't need, we don't, you know, it's not like Troy or Trezeguet or Louise or in Watkins to an extent where we're like, well, you know, we'll give them a season, let them bed into the team, and then we'll see them push on. This is like, we need an impact now. We need someone to replace Jack's contributions ASAP. And, that, and that's why we've brought him in. And he's done that to some extent already. But just just wondering how it's going to work. I just, I, I just, I was I'm I hoping I, what I see from him is how he played with Southampton. Because they they played that three five two sometimes as well, um, is is him dropping deep and being that link player, linking midfield and uh, uh, and uh, the attack. Because I think he's got that ability. He can he can sort of drop drop deep, uh, fill in those pockets and and sort of you know make chances from there. Link up with Watkins. you sort of saw that in the preseason friendly where they were doing nice little one twos and stuff. Yeah. And and that that's the kind of thing I'm hoping. Obviously, the Premier League game is a different level, so it's not always going to be like that, but. I suppose, that, I suppose the other side of the argument is if those chances fall to Ings, you expect he probably scores yeah. at least one of them.
0: Yeah. Because that, that's the type of finish your is. They won't play every game together, Watkins and Ings. I, I, I look at Leicester as an example last season. You know, they had Vardy and yeah. Ignacio in tandem for some games. Other games, Vardy led the line on his own and he started the season off leading the line on his own. I mean, they got Pats and Dakar to choose from as well. So they've got three very good strikers to choose from at Leicester. Mm. But you switch your formation you switch your team depending on how you play, and that's that's how it always should be. And Villa and Dean Smith haven't had the luxury of doing that until now. So they'll play together this weekend, but I wouldn't expect to see them together every week. It may be that we rock up at Old Trafford and it's just Watkins and Ings comes off from the bench in that game. You know, we'll, we'll yeah. change you up on a game by game basis. We've already seen that this season. I think we've already used twenty one players which is the most in the in the Premier League and I think it took us till February to use that amount last season. So that's a that's an astounding amount of players this early on in the season and again that points a little bit to the disruptive start of the season that we've had to use so many so we'll change it up those two have absolutely no worries about them they'll both comfortably be towards 15 goals this season and if they are Villa will be riding high in the league and it'll be a good thing let's have your prediction then Omar give you you sound confident give me a prediction yeah I, well, I think there'll be goals in the in the
1: game um and I think it's going to be three two to Villa high scoring I think, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Um, it's the most, placed, most played fixture, isn't it? Yeah, in, in the top flight, league football, yeah. So, so, yeah. Oh, look, there's someone else who's gone for Goal Fest 3-2 as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going for that.
0: You? I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to stick to my prediction that I did earlier on my Who Scored podcast. I'll go for Aston Villa 2 Everton won. Although, in the back of my mind, yeah, I think that prediction's coming a bit more from the heart than the head. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking that it might be a draw. I had a feeling for a draw against Brentford, and, and it was. But no, I'll stick, I'll stick to my guns. I'll go, I'll go with 2 1, but it'll be, it'll be a tough game. Everton are, are, are a good side, and they're not messing around under Benitez. I think that shows as well. You know, you see the reaction to Benitez on social media compared to the reaction to him in the ground. It's night and day just shows you the, the kind of football fan that you can see on social media. Not everyone, small minority, but yeah, you can see some absolutely wild things on social media. But what you see at the games are completely different. Let's move on now and focusing on our hot topic this week. And this week we've plumped for John McGinn, who was outstanding against Chelsea. Looks like he's been on some kind of regime since the Euros, Omar. Looks, looks a lot trimmer, a lot fitter. He says himself he's cut a lot of things out of his diet in terms of drinks and food. I think he say mentioned, may have mentioned the Scottish beer or lager tenants at one point (laughs) in, in an interview. He looks leaner. he looks fitter getting around the pitch very well. We've seen at times McGinn's had to play deep for Villa last season. Again, lack of options. John McGinn's had to curtail his game a little bit and play deeper. But after watching him against Chelsea, I've always quite liked him in that deep midfield role because I think his passing sometimes is, is a lot better than he's given credit for. But when you see his hustle and bustle against a team like Chelsea where he's caused them, the European champions, big, big problems in central midfield, you realise that to get the best out of him, you have to play him in that box to box role, which if we do end up playing four four two, he's going to be very very hard. There's his stats up on the screen so far this season. Thanks very much to Ben for sorting those out. Where do you stand on that? Because if it is four four two long term, I know we've said we'll switch you up on a game by game basis. We aren't going to be able to get the best McGinn, are we?
1: No, it's. it's um, I think with begin, you've got to let him off the leash a little bit. You've got to let him just run. Especially now Jack's wild. gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, he's obviously going to be so important to us. He, he's not a talisman or anything like that. I don't think, I don't think that's the case, but I think he knows he's got a bit of responsibility on his shoulders now. I think he's playing like well, he's that. He's taken on a leadership like, role now as an vice captain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think I've just been impressed with um, just his, his energy, which we know he's, he, he's got in abundance, but just, just his work rate in terms of winning the ball back and high up the pitch, it's something that we didn't see from him last season, obviously, because he was he was playing such a, d- a deep role. But I think we're seeing the best of him again because we're playing to his strengths. Yeah. And I think the fact that we've got Louise and Ramsey in there now, I think it helps him massively. Because I think Louise uh, under the radar a little bit. But good start to the season. Good start to the season. I think he's been really good, really impressive. And back to his form that we saw post-lockdown, a couple of seasons back. But I also think Jacob Ramsey, the physicality he brings to our midfield, which we were lacking, helps McGinn out massively as well. And he's running off the ball as well. Gives McGinn an option. I still think, you know, I was very critical of McGinn last season at, at times, just because I expect so much more mm-hmm. of him. Because I know how good he can be. Um, and he just didn't look fit sometimes, but also his passing and his control let him down. And I think that is the, what, you know, M- M- McGinn could be the the complete midfielder. He, he could be, he's got it, he's got it in his locker. He just needs to work on his passing a little bit more, but I think we've seen a better, ver- you saw at the pre-season, they're talking about how they wanted, they were working on against passing, short short game passing. Uh, and I think we've sort of started seeing the the fruits of that labour because I think his passing has been a lot better this season and his interplay between Louise and Ramsey and the wingers has been a lot better this season. Whereas I think last season he was, you know, at times he'd played too many hopeful balls, too many uh, Hollywood passes, Try too much, almost try and do everything himself. Not not look for the easy option. Whereas I think you saw that in Chelsea, he was playing progressive passes, but playing nice, crisp passes, two feet, which I think last season may have not always been there. Um, and I think just the only thing missing from McGinn's game at the moment, I think he's, he's probably been our best player this season. I think the only thing missing from McGinn's game is is was is, is more goals. I think he's obviously yeah. scored against Watford, which was a great goal. I think he gets in so many good shooting positions. I, I think he should do better than he does. Uh, with his shots, because they all do, they do tend to go high and wide, uh, and I think if you can work on that and get a bit more consistent, get more on target, then you know we we, we don't really need another midfielder because he can he can do two people's jobs on his own. Um, but just yeah, just impressive, and I think like I said, I think he's taken responsibility in his shoulders to say, this is my club. I need to. I need to get this club back to where it belongs, and I am going to take that responsibility to do that in midfield. And I think that's what we've seen. And I think he's been our best player this season.
0: I agree with that comment that just flashed up from Scotty UK saying McGinn should be getting five to ten goals a season. I absolutely yeah. agree with that. If he's playing the role that he's playing at the moment, all the way through the season, I'd be disappointed with anything less than six or seven from him because he's he's capable. I think that's the the thing with McGinn. I mean, I give out prize quite readily to players on Twitter, and I, I find myself not doing it to McGinn that often which is a little bit weird but I think it's because like you said I hold him to such a high standard and I don't think he's always reached those really high standards that I've got for him he's had good games don't get me wrong but I'm talking about the games up there where I'm thinking the level that I think he can get to and the level I think he can play at I don't think there's been enough of that since he returned from, from, from his injuries he had a couple of injuries didn't he he came back yeah. after lockdown and it, it was a struggle for him he wasn't fit last season I don't think we ever saw the, the true best of John McGinn I think he only scored two goals last season mm. which isn't all down to him it's down to the way we were playing mm. as well in the second half of the season but I just have such high expectations of him I find myself not giving out praise whereas already this season I think there's been a couple of games where, I, where I've given out high praise for him and, and think he looks the part so this could be a really big year for John McGinn and I did a podcast with Greg earlier on in the week for The Athletic and he, he was actually saying he thinks, he's not trying to sell him or anything like that before anyone has a pop. He thinks McGinn could be a top four level player in terms of, of his ability. You know, like I just said, Alan is a Champions League player hmm. playing for Everton. Greg thinks that McGinn is, is that level. Would you agree with that? I think he has games
1: where he is that level. I just don't think he's consistent enough. I think his touch lets him down uh, at times. And then at times he looks like he's got the touch of Ronaldinho. You know, that that is a problem with him. You know, sometimes you see him, he'll play like a, a random pass to no one. A ball will come in the air and he'll it'll go 20 yards in front of him. And then the other times he'll play an inch perfect, <coughs> inch perfect ball. You know, they dying there. Okay.
0: It's a little, little cuff. I'm I'm constantly ill at the moment I don't know what's going on.
1: But then yeah, then he'll play like a like an inch perfect pass to the back post, uh, or he'll he'll take a touch, take it past two players and and do all all manner of things, and you just you just don't know what you're going to get. And I think if you can find that consistency, which we've seen so far this season, I think he's been very consistent, and you can get that throughout the season, then that that is what separates the the, the top players from the good players is that consistency and this end product. And you know, as Scotty, I think Scotty, you said uh, five ten goals. You know, he's got he's got to be getting near ten goals uh, if he's playing that a number eight position, number 10 position, where he's getting in the box, he's, he's getting edge of the box, having su- shooting chances, and he's got to be getting goals and assists. And, and that's going to be the key. Um, and if he does, then, you know, like, like you said with Ings and Watkins, if they're getting goals, likewise, if McGinn gets that end product, we're going to be flying high, higher at the pitch.
0: Yeah. One thing that really impresses me with him, that again, I think goes under the radar is the acceleration mm. off the ball. You don't associate him with being massively quick, I'll tell you why, he gets going very, very quickly. And you saw against Chelsea, you know, when he put their players under pressure, he's a good tackler as well. You know, he won the ball back for Villa, high up the pitch a number of times, and that's where you want to use John McGinn. I remember this. I think it was, it was either Dean Smith's first game or John McGinn's first game. He was winning the ball, high up the pitch, and we were creating chances from it. I mean, we went on, to, I think Codger went on and put them both wide. But, you know, he was winning the ball high up, and that, that's what you want to see, because that's what he's good at. Yeah. So it's about... You're about getting the best out of your good players. And I don't think we did that with McGinn last season, in, in fairness. But I think now, now's his time to really take his game up a level and be that real talisman and key man for Villa because there's a space there to be that talisman now Jack's gone. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, um, you know,
1: we, we, we need we need that. We need that player to take the, take the game scruff, by, scruff of the neck and, and sort of drive us forward in midfield. And the, I suppose my only concern is something you said at the beginning is... You know, as a two, both Dougie and McGinn have struggled in the two. Let's mm. let's be frank, let's be honest. Will yeah, you know, Although they, they they both do look fitter and hungry and stronger, will that be the case this season if they do play in the two? I guess we'll see. That you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I do think Ramsey's made a massive difference um in that midfield and to help them out massively. I just don't, I just, I honestly don't know. I think we need to give it a try. We need to, we will have to try because obviously we want to play Ings and Watkins together. We're not going to play three at the back all the time. We want to get, you know, Wendy Bailey, etc.
0: playing as well. So It's going to be hard. It's good. It's hard yeah, because so those, three are going to take, those three are going to take some shifting from the team now, I'd say, because they all complemented each other really, really nicely. It's a terrible example because largely we were terrible during that season. But I remember when we had Westwood, Cleverley and Delph in there and when things were going well under Sherwood, as I said, this is a terrible comparison because we were largely a poor side at that point. But I remember that period just thinking those three complemented each other really well. They all did a little bit of something different. Mm. I feel that with those three, they all offer certain traits, and it's, it's a nice mix in the midfield when you've got those three playing. But then you can't get Wendere and Bailey in the team probably if, if, if those three play, or Ings has to miss out, or Watkins has to miss out. It's a good problem to have. I mean, I've said it so many times in this podcast already: uh, having options is, is imperative, and we've got them now. And when everyone's fit, people are going to be fighting to get into that eleven, and that, that's a really good thing.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a squad game, you know. And that's what it is now. You know, you you see it all the time now. Players influence games from the bench much more now than they did five, 10 years ago. Uh, and yep. although you might not be starting the game, you're, you're probably still going to get go 20, 30 minutes to make a massive difference in the game and have an impact. And that, that's still important, I think. Um, and you, I think you'll see, we've seen it already, Dino will make a lot more subs this season than he did last season. Whether that's to shut up shop or whether that's to get more goals or get us back in the game. I just think we've, we've got the options now and he's going to use it. Whereas I think he was always hesitant to use... The bench before because he just didn 't think the players were going to make a difference um and he didn't he didn 't see the person see the point, which is a, you know, it's one of those positions because we're building a new squad we' we're, we're new in the league it, you know that's going to happen, but now I think we've got an established premier league team um and we've got an, a, a really good squad um still a couple of holes need to be filled, but you know we, we will change formations we will uh win games from the bench we will save games from the bench it's going to be one of those seasons i think where you know, it's going to be, every game is going to be slightly different in terms of how we play, the personnel that we play, not, you know, there'll be consistent games, We'll, we'll you know, 3-5-2 works for us and we win games, obviously they'll keep it that way, but I do expect chop, a little bit of chopping and changing here and then, and that's the way Premier League is, you know, you see the top side,
0: they all do it, um, and, and we'll have to do it to an extent as well. Yeah, you'll always have that settled core, but of five or six that will always play, but yeah, I agree with you, there'll be plenty of changes this year. Let's finish then with a big question, and I have respect for Dean Smith and to rubbish those nonsense rumours, just another key facet of Dean Smith's time at Aston Villa has been the constant improvement of certain players, and Tyrone Mings, Jack Grealish, Emi Martinez, Dougie Louise, and Ollie Watkins have all won their first international caps under Dean Smith, which is an incredible piece of management, really. He said about developing developing human beings and mm-hmm. developing players in the week, that. That's what he's concerned with. And it, and it shows that a, that's a fantastic stat over the last couple of seasons that that many players have gone on to get their their first cap. Not for top countries as well, not just for, you know, anyone. These these are top countries that those players have, have won their caps for. So the question is, and joining in the live chat as well, but you, I think we know the answer, Omar, but who is the next to win their first cap at the international level under Dean Smith?
1: Well, uh, I mean, we're all thinking it. We all know who it is. Uh, and it's, he should already have a cap, by the way. No, you know, he's it's Ezri Conza. He's again been, I think, been not as playing at a high, le- high level he was last season, but still not far off. I think he's still been good. But just the way he reads the game, the way he plays the game, um, how effortless he makes defending seem, um, I think it's, it's got to be Conza. I think he's, he's, he's there, he's, he's almost there. I think, and I think as long as we continue to keep clean sheets like we did last season, obviously, it's not been. The best of starts, but once we get Martinez back and we, we get a bit more settled, then hopefully we'll see that. I think it'd be so hard to keep him out. Uh, I don't think we've got a massive amount of good defenders in the England setup. It's probably an area where where you can where you can make make a challenge for. You know, compared to say the the wingers that England have got, um, mm. you know, I think I think centre backs is still an area where we could potentially there could be a few changes before the World Cup. Um,
0: then I think Onza for me. Yeah, you think of Godfrey and Ben White having caps before concert. I'm not sure about that. He was exceptional last season. Mm. I, I think he started the season pretty well as well. I thought he was good against Chelsea on the outside of a back three. I actually thought that suited him, and he did actually get involved going forward as well. He's a better footballer than, than I think some people perhaps realise he is. Got everything yeah. that you need for a modern-day centre-back, really, so it would make sense that he's the next good. To get good right-back as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, very very good. Just a good defender. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, people are. Gonna, I'm not digging Toro Mings at all. People say, oh, Mings makes mistakes. Yes, I know he does. But I just love Toro Mings. But Ezri Conce, he doesn't really make mistakes. Doesn't really give the ball away. He's very, very astute, very athletic, very good defender, very athletic, as I've said. And yeah, I think he's probably the next one. To get a cap, Henry Buende is probably going to be one that gets a cap soon as well. I'm not sure Dean Smith can take full credit for that one. But technically, mm-hmm. I suppose that would answer the question. Yeah, yeah. He, I, thought, interested... I think
1: Matty Cash for Poland maybe. Yeah, I did. I heard yeah. murmurs
0: last season that he was going to declare for for Poland. That's all. gone, yeah, all so gone quiet, actually. But uh, on Mings, you know, I think just quickly, I think it's all right to say he makes mistakes. Yeah, I mean, Mings I, I says he makes he, mistakes.
1: He needs to. He needs to improve his game definitely. Um, but at the same time, what he brings to this team massively, massively outweighs any mistakes he makes. And yeah, you know, he can be better. But I think if he didn't have those mistakes, he'd be playing for a top three top four club because that's how good he can be on his day mm. and there's a reason why he's in the England squad as simple as that really but anyway I would digress but yeah I think um I think you know con I think I thought target last season would be close but I think it's you know Luke Shaw, Chilwell, although Chilwell hasn't. Chilwell's having a season. bit of an off time at the moment it's isn't he? A it? bit of an off time at the moment yeah but I still think targets are probably a bit way off that and apart from that I can't really think of of, of too many you know uh I if Jacob Ramsey keeps progressing, then maybe him. I know Aaron Ramsey is highly thought of in England setup. Um, I was speaking to a coach who's involved in England setup, and they've got massive hopes for Aaron Ramsey uh, apparently, um, which you've sort of seen with obviously him being called up. The, I think it was in the 21s one, wasn't it? Fast tracked, I would say. Fast tracked, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. But you know, Jacob Ramsey, you see what you see what Jude Bellingham's doing uh, at his age, and obviously Jacob Ramsey's probably got a bit of a way, bit of a way to go yet. Yeah. But is the obvious one.
0: Yeah, I think most people probably, I haven't got it in front of me, but I'm imagining most in the chat will have said Esri was going to be the next one under Dane Smith's management to get that first cap. I think that does us for this week's Podcast. Just a thanks to Luke Roper for continuing to sponsor this midweek show. And don't forget that code TVV20 if you want to get 20% off all those garments. We'll be back on Sunday for a purity post match point looking back on the Everton game. Fingers crossed, we're talking about three points to Aston Villa Football Club. There'll be a match day experience as well from young Liam Bryan. So please try and try and support his videos because we're trying to help him, trying to help him progress. He wants to get into the media world as well. And he's a fantastic young lad. So yeah, please support that video as well when it comes out thanks to omar for joining me dolan on the naughty step for cancelling last minute we'll see you on sunday for those going to villa park on saturday enjoy the game see you soon up the villa up the villa go on boys sports social podcast network
1: okay round two name something that's not boring